Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. You can find me over on Twitter, at Loafinit. And of course, my co-host, the star of the show. I would like to call you the star of the show, J.B. Barry. How are you doing tonight, Coach J.B.? Doing great, Wes. It was a great day. I don't know if I'd exactly call myself the star, but hey, I appreciate that, man. Just remember, stars fall. So... Yeah, that's the big thing around Alabama. We've got a lot of things about Alabama, and one of the most famous things are all the stars that fell one time on Alabama. I don't know if you know anything about I don't because I wasn't raised in Alabama, so I didn't have to take that state Alabama history class, but I've heard about that, and our license plates were like that one time. I need a Google to refresh my memory because all I do is hear the old people talk about it, you know? Yeah, the only falling stars I know from Alabama is all the college football players that come out. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> watch it. Actually, hey, hey, JB, you are not a falling star. You are a rising star. You're right over there at Razzball, and you always come out with those, what, sexy flexies you call them on Thursday afternoons? That's right. The sexy flexy article comes out every Thursday on Razzball. And actually, we got a new show that we actually just kind of put out there in the Twitterverse today. It's going to be myself, Linda, who everyone knows is Lindellians, Kevin Tompkins, Andrew Cooper and Jordan Loop doing a live pod every Monday at about 7.15 to go into that Monday night game. So that's a new live pod that we'll be debuting this Monday. I'm super excited. It's a bunch of great minds and good people that I chat with on a daily basis. And we have some really great conversations. So we're excited to put it out for everybody. You know, and, and you guys always text each other, I believe, or, or at least tweet at each other or whatever it is that you guys do. But I know you're in good communication with those guys, so it sounds like a good friendship that's actually going to go audio so everybody can enjoy it. Exactly. After a while, we've been texting with each other for so long. We were, I think it was Kevin and I that were like, or I think it might have been Loop and I that were like, why are we not putting this out in like a live pod? Like people need to like hear our discussions because we really do. We bounce all these things off each other and, you know, everybody's really in in deep into this community of that whole group so just to be able to talk live and and let people just we'll recap the sunday games we'll talk a little bit about moving forward so i think it's going to be a really good show with a lot of great people fantastic (laughs) and you a rising star fantastic i look forward to listening to that you can find uh, jb over on twitter at fantasy coach jb don't forget to follow the show at fi today with a little underscore there and you can find all the different co-host names and and the host names right right there underneath the uh, bio and you can find them all and make sure you follow them all now we got a big show lined up here today for us we got star sick questions who we're attracted to who we're repelled against we're also going to be doing a little you know who would you rather have kind of a thing Uh, and You've got a big announcement about some magnet gear, JB. Yeah, pretty cool, Wes. We actually, I posted it on my Twitter page a couple of days ago. I have it as my pinned post. So head over to at Fantasy Coach JB, look at my pinned post. We actually partnered with Viridian, who makes fantastic apparel. I mean, they have such a great selection of really cool apparel. I bought a couple of their t-shirts that were like uh, player focused. So they have like... The DK Metcalf one I bought said like DKAF, like decaf, and then had like a coffee, like it looked like a coffee shop logo. So they do a lot of cool creative stuff and they're really good people and the quality of the material is really good. So we partnered up with them and now we have Fantasy Magnets podcast gear available over on Viridian Global. You can go to viridianglobal.com. There's a way to get to the Fantasy Magnets t-shirts. 
Um, they make regular short sleeve t-shirts for us and also uh, baseball style three-quarter sleeve shirts. Really cool. Mm-hmm. The best way to get there is through the link that I, I posted. I think they're still working on getting us into the football collective section on their website. Mm-hmm. But really exciting. I mean, it's it's super cool. I know a couple of our listeners and my friends have already gone out and, and ordered a couple of t-shirts. I know I went right on that first night. It was active. Ordered one for myself and for my wife. I, I can't wait to get it. I know Viridian does great work. They make really, really top quality apparel. So I couldn't be happier or more excited, Wes, to be able to not only partner with Viridian, but to put the Fantasy Magnus podcast gear out to the world for all of our listeners. Yeah, no, that is great. And you can head over to your pinned tweet and just follow that link that you have right there, and it'll take you right to it. Because I, I went right to it, and you know how I am with technology. I get a little scared about technology <laughs> and everything. But it took me right to it. I didn't order it yet. And I'm going to tell you why I didn't order it. Because I'm scared of technology. That's the reason. <laughs> I, I am always hesitant in ordering things and paying money online. I'm still that old guy, man. I'm still the old West. guy who doesn't do those things. I got a credit card. I'm ready to go, though, now. I, I can oh, I say see a credit you. card. I could see I, you as the guy who still flips through the magazine and calls up and places the order over the phone. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. I, but I, I, okay, this is what I, I don't, I don't trust that stuff. And so what I do is I, I buy a gift card at Walmart, right? Or someplace like that. And I buy a gift card so then I can purchase things online. Okay. That, that's how that's I do, I, that's do how it. I roll. Yeah. That's how I roll. And, and my identity is still the same. So there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. So you could do that. And also, if I'm not mistaken, if people buy the gear, right, the Fantasy Magnet gear, they're, they're also supporting the show. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Not only that, I mean, most important to us, what I think is, is for you to wear our T-shirt out and about. You know, we got listeners all over the country i don't know if we're international i don't know if we're that big time but i know for a fact we have listeners all over the country and you know for you to be out and about going to the supermarket or whatever wearing your fantasy magnets t-shirt and somebody that's involved in fantasy football or enjoys fantasy football ask you about it that could be somebody else who gets to enjoy our show so we love we love the support we really do Right, and we're going to have some of those giveaways, as we always say. We appreciate you, listeners, very much. The Fit Fam, we appreciate you so much. We're going to have some of those things as giveaways coming up. And yes, yes, JB, I am just like Rob Bass. I'm internationally known. <laughs> yes, I am internationally known. Hey, we do have a lot of football to get to though today, and uh, one of the very first games that are on the docket here this Thursday evening is the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. We don't need to get into this one too much because it'll be fantasy irrelevant by the time our listeners get a hold of this podcast. But uh, I, I am taking you. We're going to be on polar opposites, kind of what magnets kind of do. We're going to be on opposites on this one. You're going to take the Indianapolis Colts in our fits picks, and I'm going to take those Tennessee Titans at home. Yeah, you know what? Part of it was was that I was figuring that most of you guys would be on the Titans, and I was actually I'm starting to creep up. I think I passed you in Fit Pits, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm only one behind. I think two of the other guys, so I'm starting to creep up. So I'm trying to throw an island or an oddball pick out there every once in a while. But I honestly do think that the Colts have a chance to win the game. You know, these two teams are polar opposites. The Titans have a uh, pretty bad defense and a pretty good offense where the Colts have a good defense and a, and a pretty bad offense. So I, I don't know, you know what, one of the things that, that led me there, Wes, was the line movement and the line movement went Indy's way, which tells me it usually happens when the sharp betters are on one side. So I, honestly, I didn't know which direction to go with this game. So I'm going to trust the sharp money and, and maybe they know something we don't know. 
Maybe. And, and Pierre is tearing it up. He is 92 and 40 right now in those picks. That, that, yeah, is yeah. A, that is a great winning percentage. Head over to FI today with a little underscore. And I think I, I usually pin that one there towards the end of the week. And you can see all of our regular games, not against the spread, just to head up, uh, straight up uh, games. And you can always find those in case you're in some pool at work or something like that where, where it goes. And you can, man, I just, I, Pierre's on a heater right now. Yeah, he is. He is. And that, that's why I didn't mention him, because I'm not close to catching up to him yet. But once I start <laughs> nipping at his heels, then I'll start calling him out. <laughs> uh, he, uh, uh, he's a Colts fan, so I'd imagine he took the Colts on this one as well. All right, next next game up that will be fantasy relevant on Sunday afternoon will be the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. For a fantasy perspective, this one has a 48-point total, which means it is pretty important. It's it's getting up there into the close to the 50s, not quite as high as some of the other games. But to me, our biggest storyline going into this one is Nick Chubb is back. Austin Hooper is back. The Cleveland Browns are coming off of a bye week. Are you attracted to either Chubb or Hooper this week? I am. I am attracted to both of them. I think that if Chubb, uh, if they're bringing Chubb back, Chubb's healthy. So we saw when Chubb was healthy, he was running really well. And, and Cleveland does look at him as their main back. I mean, even the games he was out... Hunt was getting, quote unquote, the bulk of the work, but they weren't letting him carry that much as as they would have if it was Chubb, I think. So I, I am attracted to Chubb, figuring he's healthy coming back. You know, you guys that have been putting him in your IR spots, waiting for him to get back, you're certainly ready to put him in your lineup. So I'm definitely attracted to Chubb, and I'm absolutely attracted to Hooper. Now, this might be tricky for you, Wes, because I know I used oh. to call him Pooper Hooper, and, and and I was not attracted to him, but that's when they still had Odell catching passes. You know, Coop talks about it a lot in his tight end breakdowns, and, and we've talked about it a little bit. When a tight end is, is the third or fourth option in the passing game, he becomes mm-hmm. less attractive. At this point, without Odell in the lineup, Landry becomes the main target, and I think Hooper steps up into that number two target spot. So I think I am... Very attracted to Hooper now. I was able to pick him up in a couple leagues last week while they were on their bye. He was dropped because he was hurt and they were on a bye. So I grabbed him in a couple leagues and I'm excited to play him this week. How about you? No, I, I picked him up as well, and I do think yeah, he's going to be one of those guys. Going into the fantasy playoffs, I like to I, I usually only carry one tight end. But I like to carry two that I think have good matchups going into the fantasy playoffs. And I know we're only a couple of weeks away from that happening, but I'm trying to think ahead a little bit. And Austin Hooper had to be dropped by some people because he was on injured list and he was out. And so it's just, you know, tricky, tricky season. And so I went ahead and picked up Austin Hooper and, and bit the bullet a little bit. Now I have Hooper and Ingram to choose from come fantasy playoff time. And both of them, I think, will be getting... Eh, those eight to ten targets a game possibly is what I'm hoping for, and that that should work out pretty well for me. Uh, now I want to make sure and point out that this does not make Kareem Hunt just because Chubb is back. It does not make Kareem Hunt somebody that you need to drop or not play. I still think he is very flex worthy. You could put him in your lineup. He is he's that guy who I think is more dependable than most backup running backs because he's just so explosive. JB. Yeah, and he has a standalone role. It's not like he's just going to be a backup that's going to be relegated to, you know, a change of pace or, you know, give him a series off type of role. I think Hunt is most effective when he is that 1A, 1B with Chubb. So I think having Chubb back might Mm -hmm. take away a couple of touches from Hunt, but I think it'll make those touches more relevant and more towards the type of game that he wants to play. So definitely still fantasy relevant and flex worthy for sure. 
Yeah, and uh, let me just point out to you as well, the Cleveland Browns have got a pretty easy schedule and a pretty easy playoff schedule is what I've been looking at. And so I, I'm really all in on the Cleveland Browns. I keep trying to get Nick Chubb. I keep trying to get Nick Chubb in leagues uh, that I'm in that I that I'm in contention for a title this year. All right. And they have a good the, offensive line, too. So that always helps. It dev- And they're they're a run oriented team. You know, yep. they, it's just going to be that way, um, especially in the cold weather coming up here in the in the second half of the season. Over on the Houston side of things, you got to fire up Deshaun Watson. He's playing he's playing lights out again. You're going to play Fuller. You're going to play Cooks. Both of those guys have been really good. Are you attracted in these five weeks? Are you attracted to Randall Cobb this week? Who in the last three games he's seen about six targets in each game, eleven fantasy points, kind of right there in those last three games as well. Are you attracted to Randall Cobb this week? Um, depends on the situation. I am attracted to Cobb as a, as a flex play or, you know, a wide receiver three in a deeper league. You know, you're not going to start him over some of the, your better players, but he does have a good role in that offense. He does get the targets. You know, Watson has established a connection with him and, and has begun to trust him. So that's always good to see. You know, you want your slot receiver to be a guy that your quarterback relies on. And, and although the targets weren't there last week, he only got... Three targets last week, caught them all. But right before the bye, you saw him get 10 targets and catch eight passes for 95 yards. So I think that Cobb is a guy who can be hot or cold depending on the week. And I think this is a game that will probably be a pretty close game and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, especially with a running back injury that I'm sure we'll talk about. So Cobb can be an attractive flex option this week. I am attracted. Yeah, and I think he's pretty consistent, and they're just passing the ball a lot, and one of the reasons why they're passing the ball a lot is David Johnson, he's not the David Johnson of old, but he is very formidable running back by all means, but now he hasn't practiced this week, I, I don't think at all, so we're looking at a Duke Johnson play this week, uh, not only in DraftKings, but also in regular lineups, and this is a revenge game for him, JB, are you attracted to Duke Johnson? In a PPR league, I am. I, I watched all of that game last week, and I had David Johnson, of course, in my DFS lineups, and he went out with a concussion like yeah. right in the beginning of the game, so that hurt. But I was watching Duke because I've had Duke chilling on my bench in a couple of leagues, and, and I'm confident plugging him in this week because the volume, the volume's going to be there. He's been a good pass-catching back for most of his career, and that's pretty much all he's been. But if you're going to tell me he's going to get those same pass-catching opportunities and a dozen carries on top of it, yeah, I'll slide him in my lineup, and I'll feel confident about it. Now, uh, Cleveland I, does have a good run defense, so let me preface by saying that. If you have better options, I'm okay with you using them over Duke. But as a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield and get the volume, I'm okay with you playing them. I don't blame you there. I, I, I like Duke Johnson as well, and I, I'm going to play him coming off of a very good week. And I think that I definitely, like you said, PPR all the way. All right, next next game. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading over to Lambeau Field. That's got to be intimidating. Luton had a good game. Is that how you say it? Luton? Luton? I still Luton, haven't invested. Luton, Jake Luton. I haven't invested all the way to learning his name yet. Okay, maybe I need to because he is. He did have 25 fantasy points last week in the first week. But now he's going to Lambeau Field. JB, that has got to be intimidating for a rookie. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a historical place, and I think it's different now, obviously, in a COVID year than it would have been with the stands packed. But yeah, for a young kid going in there, it could be one or two things. I don't know where Luton's from, but he could be a guy who, you know, like as a young kid playing baseball, I always wanted to play at Wrigley Field. Like that was always one of my dreams. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Met fan, but I always wanted to play at Wrigley Field for some reason. Just one of those historic sites that I just always had that dream. 
So you never know. As a kid growing up, he could have always wanted to play at Lambeau Field, and he might go into this inspired a little bit. Yeah, maybe so, and, and really fired up. And it's possible that he could be fired up in that. But it, it, there's going to be wind, I think. It's going to cl- be close to 30-mile-per-hour winds there at Lambeau Field. So that's not going to be real good for the passing game. One of the things I am concerned about last week is Jam- for James Robinson, zero receptions for James Robinson. Chris Thompson had four out of the backfield last week. And of course, running backs find a lot of their value in that passing game, especially if they're kind of the, you know, the, the dependent guy, but maybe this is that situation where we find where I've talked about it for weeks. Now that second string quarterback comes in and they just feel a little more comfortable with somebody. And maybe Luton feels more, a little bit more comfortable with Thompson than he does Robinson because Robinson was getting all those first string reps. Yeah, and and Thompson coming back kind of scared me about that because we know Thompson is one of those guys who's made his living as a pass catching back also. So with him coming back last week, it kind of worried me thinking, all right, he's going to take those passing down role, take that passing down role away from Robinson. But I think this week I'm still going to stick with Robinson pretty firmly because Green Bay doesn't have a good run D. So even if he is losing those those targets in the passing game, He's going to have plenty of room to run against this defense. I think he'll be able to break off a few. I'm I'm very high on him this week, even without the reception upside. Yeah, he's got a great price on DraftKings as well. I'm able to work him into a lot of lineups. But I will say this about James Robinson. Been a great rookie so far, right? But he's a rookie. And they've always told me, watch out for those rookie walls. And, and and right now, we're getting into that point of a season where we might be able to see this rookie wall take effect on James Robinson. And I know I'm not scared of his schedule. I'm not scared of his usage. I'm not scared of any of that. But maybe James Robinson does find that rookie wall that I don't think LaVisca Chenault has even gotten over the top of yet this year. To me, Chenault has just been a rookie wide receiver this season, J.B., Yeah, I mean, he's an explosive playmaker, so I'd like to see them get the ball in his hands and let him do work. He was out last week. He was injured. I think he'll be back this week. Last thing I saw was that he was trending towards playing, so hopefully that is the case and he does play this week because, you know, we like to see those guys. We like to see the playmakers. We like to see them get in there, get the ball in their hands and see what they could do and and let them do, do something explosive for us, you know, so... I would like to see that out of him. Unfortunately, this matchup against the Green Bay secondary is not a good one for the pass catchers on Jacksonville. And add the 30-mile-an-hour wins to it, like you were mentioning, Wes, I don't think I'm attracted to anybody in this Jacksonville passing game this week. Well, DJ Shark had a big game, and I think that he would argue against that. Uh, but, But he had 12 targets, what, 30 fantasy points? And my guy, Chris Conley. He had eight targets. He didn't have a lot of fantasy points, but uh, 12 fantasy points. But he might be that guy that they just look for in that system. Uh, and, and and we are just firing up all the Green Bay Packers, I think, at this point, that we can get our hands on for this game. Even if there is 30-mile-per-hour wins, I think we could still – you have to be able to be attracted to Aaron Rodgers tonight, uh, in, in this week, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You always start Rodgers. And real quick, let me just backtrack over because, oh. you know, I like those wide receiver cornerback matchups. Yeah. So you talk about Conley and we talk about Chark. The key to this game is going to be if Jair Alexander clears concussion protocol. Yes. Jair Alexander is the top cornerback on Green Bay. He's been awesome. I think Kevin King, their other cornerback who's really good, is, is back this week also. So if Jair clears concussion protocol, he will likely shadow Chark, leaving Kevin King on Conley, which might make Keelan Cole the guy to play this week. So keep an eye on that. 
Oh, now you're just saying that you got Keelan Cole on fantasy teams. You've already admitted to that. You've been guilty of that pleasure. Uh, this, uh, you know, over a couple of these podcasts, Keelan Cole, I think only had like what two two targets last week or something like that. JB, if the other two are blanketed by big receivers, by top notch receivers, Luton's gonna have to look for his slot guy, Wes. Okay, up the middle, man. Up the middle is where those Green Bay Packers have been very, very vulnerable. I, yep. I don't know, you know, I, I, that may mean it's a Tyler Eifert game if he plays in the middle of the field a little bit more uh, this week. But uh, we're going to fire up all those Green Bay Packers. Let me ask you this: Are you repelled by Tanyan? Yes, I've been repelled by Tanyan. I'm going to continue to be repelled by Tanyan, especially with Aaron Jones back. They're going to run the ball more than they have been. And obviously, even without Aaron Jones, we saw Rodgers just looking at Adams and even getting MVS involved. So Tanyan was a one-week wonder. I told everybody to save your fab. They didn't listen, so you wasted your fab. You've been playing this guy when you put him in your lineup, and he's been disappointing. And that's kind of what he's, he's a guy. He's a guy. I'm not attracted. Yeah, he is just a guy, it seems like, at this point. And, and I, you know, approach all the secondary wide receivers for Green Bay with caution. We don't know if it's going to be MVS this week. We don't know if it's going to be Alan Lazard coming off of injured reserve. Uh, we he, They may pick up somebody off the street and just throw them out there, and then next week it'll change anyway. So just approach all those uh, second wide receivers in Green Bay with caution. All right, Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. This one's a pretty low point total, 44.5 points for this game, JB. The Eagles are getting healthy at the right time, though, aren't they? They have weathered the storm. They are 3-4-1. and one. Uh, I think that they are in the driver's seat, and, man, they are, the, the car is starting to run really smooth for them. Yeah, and obviously they see a path to winning that division. The division is anybody's for the taking, and why not them? And I'm excited to see Carson Wentz now with, his weapons, you know, yeah. coming off a bye, he's really shown a, a, a nice rapport with Fulgham. And we've seen Fulgham step up as, as one of the better wide receivers over the past, you know, month and a half or whatever. Uh, Ragor is in now and, and he's healthy and, and Goddard's back healthy and looks like Miles Sanders will be back healthy. So I'm really excited to see this Eagles offense and see what they got with all these weapons at, at Wentz's disposal. Yeah, and he's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings this week. I, I, that's that's a good price. I'm not sure if that's the price where I want him to be, but like you said, he has all those weapons back, and I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out. I don't know if I'm really confident in playing any of those wide receivers outside of a wide receiver three at this point. Uh, just just until I see what how this plays out. Are you confident in playing either a Jeffrey or Rigor? I know we got we got to fire up the other guy. Well, no, we don't because he's going to see the Bradbury shadow this week. Oh, that's true. Fulgham so is going to see that. I'm uh actually -huh. I'm a little repelled by Fulgham this week because he's going to see the Bradbury shadow this week. I am extremely attracted to Rhaegar this week, partially for that same reason. If Fulgham's going to be getting that Bradbury coverage, then it's going to be Rhaegar on the other side against the other cornerback, Isaac Yadam or Yadam or something, the, the kid out of BC who's not very good at all. So right. I, I think Wentz is going to look Regor's way a lot, and I think he's going to have a big week. So he's a guy I'm looking to get in my DFS lineups, and I'm starting everywhere I have him in season long. Yeah, I could see that, but I, once again, I am approaching this one with caution, uh, just simply because I want to see how this shakes out. Alshon Jeffrey is that veteran, and he's coming back off an of injury. That usually means to me, whenever I watch the Philadelphia Eagles, they get him a touchdown. 
You know, they they got Jalen Rager a touchdown that first game. He came back from injury, and I think that if Alshon can suit him up and line up and and run around out there, they're going to try to get him a touchdown as well. It's just how they they operate in Philadelphia. So I could see Alshon Jeffrey getting a touchdown, but maybe not putting up a tremendous amount of fantasy points. That New York Giant backfield, it's getting kind of murky, right? I think that they wasted a lot of money in, in paying Freeman. Maybe not a lot of money, but they wasted money on paying Freeman this year. Three yards per carry is what Devontae Freeman is averaging. Now, Wayne Gallman, though, he his average is just above four yards per carry, JB. I think they should have just stuck with Gallman as their backup. Yeah, he's looked good. And the time that he's been playing for the past couple of weeks with Freeman's injury, Gallman actually has looked like a capable back. And I don't think that they thought they had that in Gallman. So I think that's why they went out and signed Freeman, thinking that he would be you know an upgrade over Gallman. But I think it's going to be Gallman again this week because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Freeman re-injured himself at practice today. So I don't think Freeman's going to be back this week. I think it'll be another Gallman game. And he has looked pretty good. Now, I, you know, the matchup might lean towards the pass for the Giants because you know, they'll probably be playing from behind. But Gallman's one of those capable backs. And again, it's a volume play. He's going to be the lead back. He can catch some passes. He'll, he'll get a dozen 15 carries. So, yeah, I'd be confident putting Gallman in your lineup as a flex play for sure. Last three weeks, he's had 16 points, 13 points, and 15 fantasy points. So that's pretty good, at least for RB2, if not uh, really good for a flex spot. And there are wide receivers, though. It's really only one guy getting all the targets and making any kind of fantasy impact whatsoever. And that's Shepard and Shepard only. I think the other two guys, I want to say you can drop Slayton, and I don't know that you got to touch Golden Tate anymore. Yeah, Golden Tate's kind of in the doghouse there. I know that he he had some issue with the team and with the personnel, and, and it kind of got him in trouble. Um, Slayton's probably going to see the Slay matchup again. Last time these two played, we saw some Slay on Slayton, and <laughs> and Slay shut him down completely. So if you're going to play a pass catcher, it's going to be Shepard, but I'd look to avoid all the wide receivers in New York, but I will fire up Evan Ingram, who I am attracted to, and I'm definitely sticking with. Yeah, I like Evan Ingram, too. He's just seeing so much volume and finally caught him and finally got in the end zone last week. Way to go, Evan Ingram. We've been pulling for you here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. Hey, hey, uh, JB, I, I don't know if you – can you talk about it? I mean, I the know. next game, the next game, man, you, I mean, we're, we're going to have to talk about it sooner or later. I've been trying to avoid the topic with you a little bit just because I don't know if you're emotionally – able to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point and the and the travesty that happened last Sunday night against those New Orleans Saints. I got to ask you, man, what happened? We just outplayed. I mean, the Bucs were just completely outplayed. They were off on both sides of the bowl. Um, you know, we, our best offensive lineman was out, but if we lost by a touchdown, then I could say that that was one of the reasons why. But, I mean, they were able to pin their ears back and just rush the passer. They got a lot of good pressure on Brady. You know, hats off to New Orleans. They had a really good game plan, and, and they showed that that quick, short passing game could mm-hmm. be a way to beat the Bucks because it doesn't allow the pass rush to get to you. And it doesn't, you know, let's let you guys get open. Uh, for some reason, the Bucks decided to play a lot of zone last week, which they were they were playing a lot of man before that. So for some reason, they decided to play zone. So they dropped back in the zone, and Breeze was picking them apart with quick passes and quick hitters, and, and it was working for him. So, you know, got to tip your hat on a well-played game. Plus, if you think about it, it was a night game, Wes, and Tom Brady usually goes to sleep by like 8.30 oh, oh. at night. So he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't tend to play well in night games because it's past his bedtime. 
I, I can understand that. My Bears usually don't play well on days that end in a Y. You know, Monday, <laughs> Monday Sunday. Uh, so I, I still like, though, this week. I like I like this is a bounce-back situation from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think they're going to be able to do that against the Carolina Panthers. That's a terrible mistake if they did drop back into a zone and just let Drew Brees sit back there and lead, re, read the coverage and then find where they want to go. Such a cerebral quarterback uh, Drew Brees is. That, 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 that really confuses me and complexes, uh, just stuns me, stuns me that they would do something like that. Maybe they're setting them up for a playoff run in a playoff game. Maybe then they'll switch to man and see how see how it travels that way. Hey, I do like Tommy, though, this week in a bounce-back situation against those Carolina Panthers. Do you agree with me? I do. I think it's going to be a great bounce-back week. The Panthers' secondary is definitely vulnerable. I think Brady's going to come out with fire in his eyes, looking to kind of redeem himself from last week. So definitely sticking with Brady. Going to stick with the pass catchers. I know it was it was weird last week because that was another thing. Like He was almost forcing the ball to Antonio Brown, trying to get him going. So I I think that they've worked that out during the week. So I am going to stick with Evans. I'm going to stick with Godwin. I might even stick with Antonio because you saw him trying to get him the ball. Mm -hmm. So if you need to use Antonio in a flex, I'm okay with that. And I'm still going to stick with Gronk because the tight end position is murky. So, you know, Gronk is a top seven-ish tight end. So I'm going to stick with him also. All those pass catchers are viable. And I think this is going to be a good bounce back week for the Bucs to put up some points. I would, in my research, I, I noticed this. Mike Evans hasn't seen double digits tar- double digit targets since the last time ta- last time they played Carolina back in week 2. Isn't yeah. that crazy? I mean just yeah. just give throw the ball to Mike Evans. Just just I mean I'm I'm going to solve a lot of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive problems when I see <laughs> that they're stagnant. And throw the ball to Mike Evans. He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger than anybody else. And I just think you could do that and and just take a load of pressure off of Tom Brady. And yeah. I That was Jameis Winston's M.O. He would either throw it to Evans or throw it to the other team. (laughs) (laughs) They were a lot more fantasy fun whenever Jameis Winston was there anyway. It was a lot of YOLOs, and they they had a lot of fantasy numbers. Speaking of fantasy numbers, I think the back-to-own in Tampa Bay. Now, I know the game script was a little bit different last week, but it really looks like Fournette is the one I'm trusting over Ronald Rojo right now. Yeah, I mean, last week, like you said, was it was a little weird. They didn't really run the ball at all because they fell behind so quickly. But I think that in a game where this is what I think the Bucks are going to try to do is use Ronald Jones as the early back and use Fournette like the closer. So I think that Fournette's going to get the more fantasy relevant touches. You know, uh, I think Ronald Jones will get some of that early down work. He'll get some of that early game work. But when it comes down to third down, hurry up offense, two minute drill end of the game, you know, third, fourth quarter work, it's going to be Fournette, and I think he's going to be the more valuable back to own. So DraftKings has done something really weird. They took Mike Davis and put him at 4,000. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Because I don't know if I can trust, and this is what I've been thinking about all week long, and I said I'm going to wait to ask JB this question. I don't know that I can trust this offense versus an, versus an embarrassed Buccaneer defense. I, that's just I, that's what I don't know, and and maybe Mike Davis isn't able to do anything on Sunday, even though he's only four thousand dollars on DraftKings. Maybe he's not able to do anything. Maybe DJ Moore can't do anything. Maybe Robbie Anderson, who's seeing double digits targets, won't be able to do anything. Uh, tell me, JB, am I right or am I wrong? Can I trust him? Can I not? Am I should I be sticking with him or should I be repelled? Well, my thoughts on this is going to be that Davis is going to be usable. At $4,000, um, he catches passes out of the backfield. 
So that's a big plus. Because if you look at the Bucks secondary, the outside cornerbacks are the strength, right? Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. So if they're covering Robbie Anderson, they're covering DJ Moore, the guys that are going to have to catch those short and intermediate passes is going to be Curtis Samuel, who's really been uh, really been something. I mean, he's been awesome and, and really been a revelation. But it's going to be Mike Davis coming out of the backfield. So although the Bucks are a tough team to run against, I think Davis will still be able to catch a good, you know, five, six, seven passes, do some work with that, and be able to pay off that two and a half, three times $4,000 value on DraftKings. Now, as far as your season-long lineup goes, if I have other options, I'm going to start, you know, Darrell Henderson. I'd even start Jonathan Taylor tonight over Mike Davis because I just think that there's not that much of an upside for Davis in a tough matchup this week. You want to you want to do something crazy? You want to play a little crazy game? I know you're a game show guy. You want to do a sure. little crazy game? I love right. crazy games. <clears throat> you're not going to like this one. Rank <laughs> these guys. Rank these guys, okay? So I'm going to I'm going to ask you to choose one guy if you could start them. Evans or Robbie this week? Evans. Okay. <laughs> and I love Robbie. I, I love Robbie, but I love Carlton Davis, and I think Carlton Davis will be on Robbie most of the game. Okay, let's do this rest of the season then, because I can't I can't do it for you against this in this game because it is a little bit different on this game because I do think Tampa Bay's going to come out with fire in their eyes this game. Uh, Evans or Robbie, rest of the season. Rest of season, maybe Robbie by you know a couple of a couple of slots if I was doing rest of season rankings. Godwin or Samuel? Godwin. Oh, by, by a lot. By really. A lot. Really? Yeah. Even with the broken fingers and not being able to catch the ball, really? Yeah. I mean, he was able to catch the ball. He, he'll he be fine. I mean, another week removed from that. Godwin's a baller, man. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. So I, I as much as I loved what Curtis Samuel's done, and I've had him in my, in my starting lineup for three weeks in the Fantasy Alarm League. So I love what he's been doing, but he's not even in the same level as Godwin, man. Yeah, over 15 fantasy points, I think, every week for the last three weeks. So uh, Curtis Samuel is doing uh, unbelievable. Uh, and, and would you rather have Brown or DJ rest of season? That's a tough one because DJ has been pretty much non-existent for most of this season. Um, I think they've really started to use him more of a deep threat instead of, and I think Troy King did an article on this, like what happened to DJ Moore. And they've, they've just become he's been the deep threat option there and he, he doesn't really have that much of a, of a real role in that offense. So I, I might have to go with Antonio just for the connection with Brady and, and a, and a better quarterback, Tommy or Teddy, not even close, Tommy. Okay. Not even and, close. Teddy uh, should be Tommy's backup. All right. And depending on whether or not, let's just pretend CMC is not able to come back, even though we know that he'll be back by week 11, probably just a little stinger or something it looks like for him. Uh, but would you rather have Mike Davis this week or would you rather have, uh, I'll give you either back out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, backfield this week? This week, I'd rank them Fournette, Davis, Rojo. Um, rest of season, obviously, let's say CMC doesn't come back. I'd put Davis above them. But, you know, obviously with CMC back, it's going to hurt Davis's value and he'll go back to a backup role that still don't drop him because you see what happens when you drop him. But Boy, some, he'll be relegated. Sometimes Tom, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady, though, he, he sometimes he just puts up those clunkers, man. And I know he's done a lot throughout this season. and He's put up some good fantasy numbers. But it, it's still at the same time, a five point fantasy week last week. And then it really is, is below 20. He had a 40. 
a 14, a 14, and then, you know, 36s. And, but he even put up a 10 in there, too. I, I, JB, I don't know, man. Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty consistent. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is consistently not that great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, let's move on to the next game. Good breakdown. Appreciate that. And and on your, um, what are you going to do on your fit picks? You got. We are both going to take Tampa Bay this week, right? Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah, just fire in their eyes. I could see that this game. It's an important game for them to. They got to win this one. Washington football team at the Detroit Lions. Uh, th- this is important for the Washington football team. It, they could. They're still in it. I mean, let's face it. They're still in it. The Giants are still in it. The Cowboys are still in this division. So nobody's mailing it in yet. I don't think in this division. Really crazy. Whenever you see their win totals in this division and. And and the games played, it really throws me off whenever I start seeing like the Eagles being two, four, and one. You know, because they have that they have that game in there that that is accounted for, but yet their their numbers don't add up. JB. <laughs> yeah, they're a tricky team because I I think they're better than their record shows, but I still don't think they're very good. And now obviously yeah. they're down to their third quarterback on the season, which is a wily veteran, a feel good story. I mean. I said to my wife last week, as soon as uh, Allen went down, I said, if Alex Smith throws one touchdown pass, he's the comeback player of the year. Lock it up, write it down, that's it. And then, of course, he threw a touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. So I think he actually threw for like 300 yards or something. So he looked pretty good last week. So uh, it's going to be fun to see him play this year. And it's a nice feel-good story. Yeah. Are you attracted to playing him at all? Not unless I have to in a super flex league. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's definitely not in the QB one radar. He's probably on that low end QB two radar. So if I'm in a super flex and I have to play him, I'd be okay with it. I'm gonna I'm, I got to build a DraftKings lineup or two around him though because he's just so cheap in DraftKings. But McKissick, he's somebody everybody's talking about. I think Gibson came back and practiced fully this week, but I don't know if that's gonna touch the 14 targets that McKissick had anyway last week. Yeah, McKissick's been a nice story this year, too. He came out of nowhere. Nobody expected him to even have a role in this offense. Nobody was even really talking about him, and he's been really good. And I think part of that is that they want to turn the reins over to Antonio Gibson because they really want him to be their back, but he's not a good pass blocker, Wes. So Mm -hmm. McKissick picks up the blocks well, and then he can go out and receive passes out of the backfield. So McKissick's going to continue to have that role even if they are going to give Gibson the bulk of the carries and, and let Gibson be their hard-nosed running back, McKissick's not going to go away. And in a PPR league, he's become a pretty valuable asset to have. Yeah, he has. And, and of course, we're going to fire up Terry McLaurin in this game, I believe, unless you got some cornerback matchup that's going to scare me away from it. But i got to drop this name in there. It's the wrong Sims, which it, it seems illegal to be able to do is to put – Two Simses on the same team to really confuse me. But Cam Sims seems like he is the other wide receiver to own. And once again, maybe this is the guy that Alex Smith has has connected with in practices. It only saw four targets last week, but three catches, 110 yards, and 17 fantasy points. He didn't even find the end zone last week, JB. Yeah, he made the most of those four targets. And I think that he's a guy that I want to wait and see on. You know, he's got a really good matchup this week. The, the Detroit secondary is not very good. So I'd like to see if he continues to have a role in that offense, if Smith continues to look that way. Obviously, McLaurin's the alpha dog there. Even with playing Bradbury last week, and he was shadowed on 66 or 67% of his routes, those other 33% that he ran, 
is where he got his hundred and something yards and a touchdown on. So McLaurin's matchup proof. That guy's going to be the alpha yeah. dog. But I'd like to see what Cam Sims does and if he continues to have a rapport with Alex Smith going forward. I'll wait and see this week, but I'm going to keep an eye on him. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Make sure you're a week ahead on that pickup, though. If you got room for it, you might as well do it now. But it does seem like Alex Smith, is his 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 passes were very fortunate to end up with over 300 yards and only three interceptions. That's all I'll say about that. As I rewatched that game, I went, okay, that could have been more interceptions than that this week. So that's what I'll say about that game. Hey, yeah, somebody, Ben C. We had Ben C. on the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, and he pointed out something very important in this game: uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, the Washington Football Team versus the Detroit Lions, and that this is a, a revenge game for Adrian Peterson. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, but this is one that we used as an example a couple of weeks ago. Is, is it really a revenge game? Because he he made his name in in Washington and. And the fans love them there. I think it's more of a homecoming than a revenge game. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Uh, the only thing I, I can think of as well is that Adrian Peterson, he, uh, he, he, he probably has a long memory of people who may have done him wrong. And even if they didn't do him wrong, he may think that they did. You know, that's... <laughs> So yep. I don't know. Amendola looks like he's somebody to be able to own as long as Galladay is out. And I don't think that he's going to be able to play this week. Would you agree with me that you're attracted to Amendola? Yeah, I, I always love a little slot guy when when a quarterback's trying to get things going, especially against a good pass rush. So I think that Amendola is the guy that I'd be sticking with. I, I think in this offense, I'm not really attracted to Marvin Jones this week, even though he's he's seen a boost in targets with Galladay out. I'm only attracted to Amendola and, of course, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Yeah, I think. But now Hawkinson, he showed up on the injury report, I believe. We may have to double check that one, but I think he showed up on the injury report today. And it just it looked like one of those things where it wasn't just a day of rest. I'm going to have to look into that. I forgot to look into that before the show. Maybe you could do that as I ramble on about the Fantasy Impact Today network here real quick. You can follow me over on Twitter, Wes Easley, at Loafin' It. Don't forget to follow my man, JB, at Fantasy Coach JB. And right there underneath his pinned tweet, you can find a way to be able to uh, order Magnet Gear. Uh, comfortable, comfortable T-shirts that, that they have there. Also, other other items that you can find over there. What, what was the name? Validia? I can't say that right, JB. Viridian. Viridian. Oh, how do I, how am I going to, like the Meridian Sea? Is that, is that such there a thing? There you go. Okay, so it's Viridian. I like it. It sounds like I'm on vacation when I talk about Viridian. I hope they have those comfortable shirts, not the real scratchy shirts that'll tear up your chest. You know what I mean? No, they're, they're, they're very comfortable. comfortable. Oh, they are. I like those. Okay, those are those are nice. Um, so you can head over there and order some of the magnet gear that we have. Really looks sharp too. Thanks so much for Jordan Loop for making those things for us. The the fantasy magnet logo looks sharp on a black T-shirt, just like they have it. Man, that looks good. That looks yeah. really. I'm looking at it now. It looks really good uh but you can head over there don't forget to head over to anchor fm you can subscribe to the show there on whatever listening platform you like to subscribe to the show on if it happens to be on the itunes app slap those stars around leave a review leave a comment that really helps us out it helps us shoot up those uh, uh itunes rankings or even on the spotify or anything like that it helps us shoot up the rankings it's always does well whenever we're able to approach people and say look look at all the comments people are leaving people are listening to the fantasy magnet show and then also go out and share the show that's really important as well so make sure you share the show with your friends. So, JB, did you look up the uh, Hawkinson injury? Yeah, he's got a little toe injury. Oh, that ain't nothing. Toe. That ain't nothing. 
right. So I, I, I fell, I fell for the Roto World scrolling. Hawkinson's hurt. I fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. JB, I got a theory in this next game. All right, you ready to hear my theory? Sure. Josh Allen is going after the MVP award. And his coaches want him to go after the MVP award. And I think that's why he threw for over 400 yards against Seattle and just had a wonderful game against Seattle, kind of like the early year, uh, early year uh, Josh Allen that we were used to seeing. And guess who else is vying for this MVP award? That'd be Kyler Murray, my friend. And I think it's going to be a Josh Allen season again in Arizona. I am concerned, though. Because Arizona have a couple of good defensive backs, and I know you're my defensive back expert. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, I mean, Patrick Peterson, obviously one of those D-backs that, that's been playing pretty good coverage, and Jonathan Joseph on the other side. So, you know, you got first-round picks in that secondary. They're not playing, obviously, at the level that they once played. You know, they've both been in the league for a long time. So they've kind of declined a little bit. The safeties are really good. Buda Baker, obviously, we talk about, you know, he, he's one of the most fun players. I, I love to watch Buda Baker play as a safety. He kind of roams like a honey badger. Um, but I think that it, it, I don't know. I think it's still a good matchup for Allen. I think Allen's still going to be throwing the ball a lot. They're going to be, a, I see this game as a shootout. I think, like you said, two perennial MVP candidates shooting it out, trying to make a statement and, show which one is better. So I think this is going to be a fun game from fantasy. Uh, now, my guy, my guy, John Brown came in and set the Oh, now he's your guy that. again after you I... dropped him? <laughs> John Brown's always been my guy. No, he had 11 targets last week, which kind of made Cole Beasley disappear uh, last week. And I think that we're going to be able to see that again. Of course, it's going to depend upon the matchup. But it, look, Josh Allen just has a good connection with John Brown. He started it last season. and I think it's there again this year. My concern is John Brown didn't look fully healthy. No way should he have gotten caught from behind on that one pass play. Uh, maybe maybe just he hasn't been able to run as much as he'd like to. But maybe he'll get those that wind back beneath his feet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he needed that too. And I think that he needed to get the trust of Allen again. And it showed last week that he did. I mean, he, he and Diggs were both heavily targeted last week in Allen's great performance. So I think he's a guy who now being healthy, and I think he had a rest day yesterday to rest that knee up. So they're, they're taking good care of him. So he stays healthy, but I think they're both certainly viable options, both Brown and Diggs every week now. No running backs. I don't like any running backs in this game. Flex at best for all these guys, just because of how I think that this game is going to play out as a run and gun shooting out in Texas style kind of thing between uh, between Kyler and, and Josh. Uh, do you agree with me on that take or are you feeling you know attracted to Moss, attracted to Singletary or attracted to Edmonds? Um, I am attracted to Moss, but I don't know. How much of a role? I mean, it, the the scale certainly starting to turn his way over Singletary, right? Like mm-hmm. he's starting to take control over the backfield. So Allen can still take away some of those red zone rushes and and take a little bit from the touchdown upside of Moss. But I still think Moss is going to be a really reliable back that you can you can count on getting those yards and and picking up that red zone touchdown because Allen's not going to run for it every time. So. I'm okay with Moss as a flex play this week. I'm flexing him in one of my leagues. But, yeah, I don't know. I think Edmonds will probably be flexible this week also with Drake not back yet. So I think both of those guys are flexible, but not really quite in that high-end RB2 conversation for me. 
what happened to Hopkins last week? And, and, and can we trust? I mean, it seems like Hopkins either is all in or he's all out from the fantasy standpoint. And I always thought while he was in Houston that he was a second half guy. You know, I'd see I'd see him have one fantasy point, three fantasy points by halftime. I wasn't even worried about it because it's come the second half. He was just always there to bail out Deshaun Watson. But this year, Kyler is just putting that whole team on his shoulders. And I don't think that he's having to depend on Hopkins nearly as much as Deshaun Watson did. Kyler's just doing it all himself. Yeah, and what I noticed last week was that Hopkins was getting blanket coverage. So he was getting one guy on him, having safety help over the top, having a linebacker from the side. So they were really blanketing him last week. And, you know, I think Kyler was just looking other directions. And and he's really shown a nice connection with Christian Kirk. He's hitting him on some nice deep balls. He's running good intermediate routes. So I think that Murray and Kirk will continue to keep it rolling. But even in this matchup against Tredavious White, who will be a tough matchup for Hopkins, I think that might be good for him because Buffalo might not blanket him. They might think, all right, we got Trey White on him. Let's start letting our safeties kind of roam a little bit. And Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the game. So even with Trey White being a really good cornerback, I think Hopkins will still be okay this week in a nice little bounce back. Okay, I could see that. I think you got to always play him in in a season long or a redraft league or anything like that. On DFS, I think he's still a little bit too expensive on DraftKings. He's 7,700, and I'm just scared about his usage right now um, at this point. I'd rather have Christian Kirk at 5,700, who's seeing just about the same amount of targets week in and week out as DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. All right, uh, next game. Judy, Judy, Judy. Do you know who that was? No, but I, I think Judy, 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 rocking everywhere. Do you know who that was? No. <laughs> what was that? That was Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you knew what a Bubba Sparks was. I don't know what a Bubba Sparks is, I don't think, but it sounds like I should know every Bubba. Is that what I think? You should. You should. Bubba, Bubba's a, Bubba was a rapper who had one or two songs. Yeah, and his, his most famous was Miss New and, and a word that rhymes with Judy that oh. is a, uh, a part of your body on the back half of it. So he goes, <laughs> so I was going, Judy, 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 rocking everywhere. And then he goes, I found you, Miss New Judy. <laughs> so that's been my song for Jerry Judy. And as he scored okay. a touchdown last week, that's what I was singing. As he scored the touchdown, I was going, Judy, 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 rocking everywhere. <laughs> okay, well, that, as long as you had fun. Uh, and, and you may have, uh, that's your dog, your new dog, your new little puppy is going to be looking at you kind of perplexed as you do that this week. Yes, absolutely. My wife already looks at me pretty perplexed while I watch football and talk and yell at the screen and whatnot. So now my new little baby puppy that I brought home today will probably think I'm crazy, too. Was that a little poodle? Was that a little poodle kind of cocker spaniel-y thing? A cockapoo. Excuse me? A cockapoo. That's, I had a bird, like a cockatiel. Is that? <laughs> it's a cocker spaniel poodle mix. Okay. Right. A nice well, hypoallergenic breed for us. I, that's always important because it's, it's just, that's important. Uh, all right. So next game though, Judy, Judy, Judy. I think that's, that's, that is my Gomer Pyle doing Cary Grant. And you may not be a big, uh, uh, what was that? What was that? So what was that show? And Mayberry. What was that? Andy Griffith. Thank Andy you. Griffin. Yep. Were you a big Andy Griffith guy? I wasn't. It was a little bit before my time. Oh, JB. Uh, okay. Look, look, I, I know, I know it's black and white. I know I get it. It's before your time. 
that is one of the best shows ever. It, I mean, just honestly, it is one of the most funny shows. Got one of the greatest characters in Barney Fife. And then just all the side characters are so good in that show. And as you watch that show, what you'll do is you'll go, hey, that's the guy from, hey, that, that guy was in this. That was the girl from this show. And you'll just kind of be one of those shows. And if you have not watched that show yet, that, that I think it's a wonderful show. It's just a fabulous show. It makes me laugh all the time. All the time. <laughs> it's got to be because I know those characters. So I've heard of those characters. I know they're iconic. So it's got to be. But Jerry Judy has been seeing double digit targets. He, he is a lock in now. Right. And and I think that Locke is like the new Winston this year with his second half performances. And he is just making all those wide receivers fantasy relevant in Denver. Yeah, and I'm attracted to that whole offense this week. I like Locke. I like Judy. I like Tim Patrick on the other side. I love Noah Fant as the tight end, especially now with your boy Albert O out for the season mm-hmm. with a knee injury. Fant even doesn't have to worry about those red zone looks getting taken away from him. And obviously against Las Vegas, they're, they're a porous run defense. So the trick is, is Melvin Gordon going to actually do something this week? That's the question, because no. Lindsey has looked like the better back, but I think Melvin's still the guy. So I'm attracted to all the pass catchers, and I am attracted to the running game. I just don't know if I trust Melvin Gordon or not. I'm going to go with him this week and hope for the best against Vegas. Yeah, and, and let me say this. You know, if he's still out there, Patrick, uh, yes, go out there and get him. Hamler, yes, go out there and get him. Judy, he's not out there, but go out there and get him. And and one of those guys are going to end up getting hurt. Okay, I'm just going to say that. One of the, And Hamilton, when that happens, go out, go ahead and Deshaun Hamilton, he's one of those sleeper guys that you want to make sure that you get on your roster, especially going into the fantasy playoffs because he'll just be fantasy relevant come that time. Just remember I said such a thing. Okay, just remember I said that. All right. But yes, I agree with you on all that. And I, I'm not I'm not sure that I trust any of those backs because they just get so pass happy right now in Denver. So I, I'm yeah, I'm attracted to them, I guess. Right? JB? Yeah, I mean it, it's a good matchup, Wes. So that's the only reason I'm attracted to running backs this week, because Vegas is a is a poor running defense. So moving forward, I might just think the same way. Okay, they pass a lot. Let's just stick with the passing game. But this week, I feel like I have to go with them against Vegas. I don't think you can trust any of the Vegas wide receivers, though, at this point. I, I just, I don't, I don't like any of those guys. And each week, week, from week to week, I can't trust any of them. The only one I could trust is Waller. You could trust Jacobs. And then my guy Booker took it to the house last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did on a, on a surprising run. He, he went around the outside and, and looked pretty quick doing it. But the only guys I'm sticking with in this offense is going to be Waller and Jacobs and Carr in a super flex. That's it. I, I'm I'm repelled by the passing game. You know, I'm repelled by Aguilar. So I, I'm only sticking with Waller and Jacobs with a little bit of Carr in a super flex. Nice and easy. Uh, it is really easy. The next game is, I think the next game is kind of easy too. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. I know Tua. I, I hey, I hear you, Tua. But I'd rather have Herbert in a dynasty league than Tua. Would you agree with me on that? Am I crazy in thinking that? Um, from what we've seen, I would agree with you. Coming into the season, I might not have. But from what we've seen now, I mean, Herbert's passed the eye test, man. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league. I agree. I, and I, I fire him up this week. Herbert, yes. Allen, yes. Williams, yes. What about Hunter Henry, though? Is is he almost like a, a redraft streamer at this point? Because he just hasn't been putting up the fantasy production at all. 
Yeah, but the targets are there. The the volume is there. So it's only a matter of time. And again, it's it's a position that's tough because there's really not much there. So again, I, I still think Hunter Henry is a top seven tight end. He okay. gets six, seven targets most weeks. You know, if you look at the games that they've played so far, they played eight games so far mm-hmm. and only I think three of those no, not even two of those games has he gotten under six targets. So you gotta like that in a team that's passing the ball a lot. So I'm gonna stick with Hunter Henry for the volume approach. Tight end position's tricky as it is. You know, most of them are three for thirty six and if they catch a touchdown, they catch a touchdown. So, you know, I'm gonna stick with him just from the volume aspect. Yeah, I can't say I, I, yeah, I understand. The targets are there. Five, seven, and seven fantasy points. Just I mean that that's it seems so strange with all those targets. Maybe they'll come by. I just don't know if Herbert's eyes look in that area of the field or not for Hunter Henry. Uh running backs in the Los Angeles Chargers? Nope. Your no guess thanks. is <laughs> your guess, your guess is as good as mine. Caleb Balage. How about when you saw Caleb Balage scroll on the on the stream screen last week, and you're like, "What? He's playing for the Chargers, and he scored a touchdown." <laughs> and then you saw him as one of the lead running backs last week. I think in the NFL, uh, top five probably anyway, with 69 yards, because there was no running backs last week in the NFL that wanted to produce anything for anybody, any fantasy owner. Yeah, that was super annoying to see Caleb Balage doing that as as a guy who who's been trying to push for Joshua Kelly and, and it's just not happening. It really hurt to see that. Cause that means they brought up a guy from the practice squad to take your role, you know, like, and, and the only reason he was in there was cause Troy main Pope didn't play. And then even after being one of the top scoring running backs in the NFL last week, they sent them right back to the practice squad. So everybody who fell into the trap of, Ooh, go pick up Balazs. And believe me, I was even tweeting, don't pick up Balazs. Because that's exactly what happened. He got relegated right back to the practice squad, and Tremaine Pope is active again. So, Yeah, it's it's very confusing out one A part of it. Tua made me very nervous last week whenever I watched that game back. Uh, very happy feet. Happy, happy feet he has back there in the pocket. He drops back his three, four, five steps, and then all of a sudden he just starts running around. You know, it's, it's like he looks at the first look, and then he's gone. And, and that's what I saw in Alabama as well. He, he liked to look one way. One way, and I'm telling you, JB, as I watched him run around, I just kept, oh, please don't get hurt, because I, you know, I'm, I'm into his <laughs> corner, but he just, he's just moving around way too much. I'm repelled by the whole thing there in Miami because I don't know who I can trust on the offensive side of the ball. He didn't look Parker's way very often, and there's, there's nobody just establishing themselves as a, as somebody he can throw the ball to. No, and and it looked like he was starting to unlock Preston Williams, and then he got hurt. So uh, I do want to kind of wait and see on what pass catcher is the guy that Tua starts to hone in on. Hopefully it's Mike Kosicki for all of our sakes that are still holding on to Mike Kosicki. But I'm (laughs) going to wait and see on that one. The only guy in this offense, and I'm not playing him this week, but I want everyone to pick up and keep an eye on Salvan Ahmed. He's the guy who, who led the team in carries last week. He was in college the backup to Miles Gaskin. So if Gaskin does end up missing more than the three weeks that we expect him to, Salvan Ahmed might be a guy that you could sneak onto your bench right now and get some meaningful carries in the next couple of weeks. Okay. All right. So he might be a league winner when it comes to championship season time. So I, I like that. I like those kind of guys. I, I seem to know 
the third stringers and the fourth stringers a lot better than I know the first stringers. And I think it's because <laughs> I scroll through the waiver wire and I look for those guys on the waiver wire. So I see those names maybe a little bit more, but we all know I butcher any name that that's possible there, except for these next ones, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a low point total 47 and a half. And Cincinnati seems to have fallen in love with allowing Joe Burrow to be out there and decide everything. Talk about rookie of the year. You know, I don't. I, I know the the record is not going to show it or dictate it, but I don't know that there's been a rookie quarterback who has taken on this big of a lead role. Can I say this? And I'm probably forgetting somebody since Peyton Manning. Hmm. Well, Burrow. I mean, he's looked really good, Wes. What What I like to see out of Burrow was his poise. I mean, he doesn't look like a guy who came in. You talk about Tua and his happy feet. It looks like the game's still a little bit too quick for Tua right now, and obviously I think he's a good quarterback. He'll adjust, and and the game will start to slow down for him. But Burrow, man, came in right from the get-go looking poised, looking like a veteran. I mean, he's he's definitely a guy who's going to have this job and and hopefully lead this team for a long time to come. So I agree with you. I mean, he looks really good. He doesn't look like a a rookie that that just came out of college. He, He looks like an established player in the league. To me, A.J. Green looks like he might be mailing it in. You know, might be at mail-it-in mode since he didn't get traded from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, before the trade deadline, he had a game of, for eight catches, 96 yards on 11 targets, seven catches, 82 yards on 13 targets. And then last time, right before, right before their bye week, two targets, 19, or two catches, 19 yards on five targets. They may be going in a different direction. So I do want to bring uh, Auden Tate to everybody's mind because he's the guy who comes in there. He has already a good rapport, it seems like, with Joe Burrow because he had seven catches for 65 yards last time. And he kind of showed out there while he had a little bit of playing time in the last Cincinnati Bengal game. Yeah, he did look good. And he's a guy that if you look, if A.J. Green is starting to quit on the team or whatever it is, and he may get, quote unquote, injured. So definitely mm-hmm. a guy in Auden Tate to pick up because this this offense does like to pass. Obviously, Boyd is, is the guy in the slot. Higgins has become Burrow's guy on the mm-hmm. outside. But they're going to need a third passing option in this type of offense. So if, yeah, if Green does end up getting quote-unquote hurt or kind of quitting on the team, I like to see a little roll out of Auden Tate. So a good stash guy. This week, I am attracted to Boyd and I'm attracted to Higgins, but I'm not attracted to Burrow or the running backs in this matchup against Pittsburgh. How about you? No, it's really hard to trust any of those guys against Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh does let up some points to uh, running backs. And I think that that's going to be a little Gio Bernard action. And Gio does have a little pep to his step. uh, But this, let's just say this, Gio's on a snap count before he gets injured. And and I think he's probably reached just about that snap count. So I'm not going to trust Gio in a lot of different lineups uh, this week at all, just because I think it's, it's that time of year where he gets hurt again. So, but Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is the last, team to be undefeated in the league but the strange thing is is they refuse to run the ball anymore jb yeah that was weird everybody thought this was going to be a smash bot last week for james connor and he went out there and laid an absolute dud on us so it was really a weird one although this week i think they are going to run the ball a lot you can run on cincinnati's defense they have pretty vulnerable to the run so i think we are going to finally see it this week and i think part of that's going to be because a, Ben's in the COVID uh, close contact protocol, or whatever sure. you want to call it. I do think he plays as long as he tests negative through, I think, Saturday. He will be eligible to play. Yeah. But we saw that with Stafford last week, and he wasn't on, he wasn't clicking with his team because he hadn't practiced with them all week. 
and Ben was gimping around a lot last week. You know, uh, he, had, he he did go to the locker room early before halftime. His knees bothering him. So I think they might look to take the pressure off of Ben this week, let him kind of rest up those old knees a little bit and hand the ball to Connor a little bit more this week. Now, I say I can't disagree with you more. I, I just can't. I can't disagree with you more on that because they're going to see Cincinnati running around out there, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And, you know, Ben's just going to say, OK, the play call is for a run. But we're going to pass this, guys. Empty backfield right now, okay? Just everybody get out there. In the, and that's just how it works in, in Pittsburgh. They get pass happy, and they start falling in love with that. Maybe you're right. I'm just on the polar opposite of that. And I think you can fire up all those wide receivers again. Just just a, I, I, Ben Roethlisberger, he amazes me with what he's able to do, even though he's injured and all that. It almost seems like that wakes him up a little bit. Yeah, it, it might. I mean, I just I think as an undefeated team who's looking towards the playoffs, they want to try to protect him because obviously they don't want to go into a playoff run with Mason Rudolph. Well, I would agree with you there. That would be the smart thing to do. I've never, I've never seen them do that kind of stuff though. I just, that's just me. All right, next game: San Francisco versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is a forty-nine point total. It seems kind of low, but I think that's just because San Francisco is still struggling with their injuries. JB, I don't think most starts going to play, so that means it's going to be another McKinnon game. Uh, and I, I'm not sure what the quarterback Mullins and uh, Jay, Jay Reed. I look, you cannot. I don't know that I'm very confident in playing any of these 49ers after the way the Saints played defense last week. Yeah, and it could be a letdown spot for the Saints coming off of that big primetime win. Um, you know, I, I do like McKinnon. I think McKinnon is certainly a viable flex option this week. I think Brandon Ayuk is a guy that I, I have been attracted to, and I'm going to continue to stay attracted to him this week. I am going to wait and see on the tight ends. If you don't have to start Reed, then, then don't. I'd like to see him start to ramp up. They even said last week they kind of kept him back a little bit, and we saw some dude that nobody's ever heard of catching passes at the tight end spot. Dwelly. So. Dwelly no, is his name. No, not Dwelly, the other guy. Oh, the I don't know the other guy. The other with guy. the interesting sounding name. I, I don't know. We can make up anything. If you made it up right now, I'd believe you because I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I played in the Baby Bowl, which is a player elimination tournament. I have played every uh, San Francisco 49er tight end that there is. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to look at the four string tight end. I'm just, I refuse to do so. I refuse to do so. <laughs> On the Saints, though, it looks like we're going to have to give uh, Michael Thomas just a week or two, maybe to get back into the speed of things. You know what? I, I think that that breakout game is coming. I just don't know when. I don't know that it's going to be this week. Um, you know, it, it, look, there's no offseason, right? Then he had an injury and a, and a fight and whatever. So uh, there's going to be one of these weeks where he's going to be, a, you know, one of those 10 catch, 140 yard, two touchdown weeks. I just don't know which one it's going to be, which week it's going to be. River Craycraft was the tight end. <laughs> River Craycraft. Okay. Hey, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have yeah. to learn how to spell that in school. <laughs> that, yeah, that I think name. he goes back to irrelevance. But yeah, on the, on the other side of the ball. Sorry, I just had to look that up because oh, it was going to bother me. Because just him being so involved was River Cray Cray in my mind. So, hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara is, is a fire up this week on the New Orleans side of the ball. And obviously you're going to start Michael Thomas. I think he's going to see a lot of Verrett, so it'll be a good matchup. I don't know if this is going to be that breakout week. So I'm really sticking with Breeze and Kamara on this offense. And I'm going to start... Thomas in a season long, but I don't know that I'd put him in a DFS lineup yet. 
Yeah, that's 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 where you got to be. And I'm I'm not worried about playing any of the New Orleans Saints this week. Let me ask you this: Is Taysom Hill a viable flex option? Yeah. No. Okay. No. He's a gimmick, and in a game like last week, you saw him have a big game because they were up by a lot. So Sean Payton was having fun and playing around and doing different packages with him. I don't think in in a game that's not a blowout, we see as much fantasy relevance from him as we did last week. Okay, so it's uh, he's maybe game script dependable, and if and if it's a blowout thing, to watch for Taysom Hill to possibly be able to be thrown in there as a flex if you need a flex during the bye weeks, which I I know we're still in that bye week uh, uh, era right now, and maybe even the COVID era might throw a little kink in your plans. I just know he had 14 fantasy points the week before, and then t- 11 fantasy points last week. So I so I had to ask a question. I had to ask a question, JB. No, right. of course the listeners want to know, Wes. The listeners want to know. 54 and a half points is the next one. That's a big one. Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. I Look, this looks like another opportunity for a team to be very angry and upset with themselves with how they got thrown all over. And I know that the Los Angeles Rams are like the polar opposite of the Buffalo Bills when it comes to offensive scheme, it seems like. I don't know if though if Seattle's going to be able to keep anything in front of them again. It's it just really weird. You can't. You got to play everybody against the Seattle Seahawks defense right now, don't you? Pew, 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 pew. What was that? What? That's a shootout, Wes. That's a oh. good old-fashioned shootout. And that's what I think this game's going to be. I'm definitely starting all the Rams receivers. I love Cup. Cup is one of my starts of the week. Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup are my two starts of the week. Okay. I think Robert Woods is going to get a little bit more outside coverage where Cooper Cup plays a lot in the slot, and that's where the weakness is for Seattle against Trey Flowers. So I think it's going to be a good game script for Cup. And even Josh Reynolds as a low price option or as a flex play, he's been getting more involved. I think, again, you could take advantage of the Seahawks secondary. They're going to put up points on their side of the ball. So on the Rams side of the ball, they're going to have to put up points to keep up with them. So I'm attracted to Goff. I'm attracted to Cup. I'm attracted to Woods. I'm attracted to Reynolds. I am not attracted to Tyler Higby. He's a blocking tight end but I will play Jared Everett as a deep dive if I have to. Yeah, 3,100 on DraftKings for Gerald Everett. He finds his way into a lot of my lineups that I've been building so far, and I like Gerald Everett as well, and you're completely right, Tyler. The the strangest thing that confused everybody was Tyler Higby got that big paycheck. And and it's just it, it was really didn't seem right uh, that he's not catching all those passes now and they're kind of seeing we can go the other way. All right, Seattle though, uh, is it going to be a Metcalf week or Lockett week or both? I'm going Lockett this week. Obviously, it's it's always going to be both because DK is is a cyborg from another planet. So even in a tougher matchup, he's still going to be a guy who can beat anybody. He's going to see Ramsey coverage. So I mean, obviously that's that's tough for anybody. But DK has proven that he could score on anybody. So I think that he will get Ramsey. He'll still be able to get some positive contribution there. But I think the real matchup is going to be Lockett. Lockett on the other side, away from the Ramsey coverage, I think is going to be the better play this week. I've been toying around in my mind to trade DK Metcalf in the leagues that I own him in because he has such tough uh, defensive back matchups the next five or six weeks. And I just, I'm I'm toying around with it. And really positioning myself for our championship run in those leagues. Don't do it. Don't do it. DK Metcalf is is a top five, probably even a top three wide receiver in this league. Don't do it, man. He's matchup proof. 
I, 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 I've got Cook in a league with Metcalf and with Kyler Murray. All nice. three of them. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You better oh, win yeah. that league. If I don't win, well, I see. I'm trying to position myself. I'm trying to make sure because I have to win every single league. Oh, you're the fantasy analyst. Oh, you're a fantasy host. <laughs> you know, so I got to win every single league. But yeah, I I agree with you. What about the backfield, JB? It looks like it's going to be a Travis Homer backfield, but that kind of he he closed out the game last week. If if none of those regular running backs are there, do you got to throw DJ Dallas in there? Or since it's just going to be a a bing 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 game do you got to put travis homer in there yeah i would lean homer because you saw them them give homer more of the work than dj dallas last week i think they realized dj dallas was was a nice little fill-in for that week he did his job but he's 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 a jag he's just the guy so i i don't know that carson was ruled out yet i think last i heard pete carroll kind of made it sound like they could be back that both carson and hyde could be back i don't think they practiced yet but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Carson out there this week. You can't believe anything Pete Carroll says like that. He he is the great massager of a team yeah. and trying to build up. You can't. You just can't. <laughs> we have to wait and see uh, on that. All right, next game, Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. Man, the Jets almost pulled that out. I was on that island pick Monday night, and the Jets almost had The Jets had them. Had them right where they were. And Flacco got me in the fourth quarter, JV. Oh, so close. I wonder if they told him to throw that pick in the second half when they, when they were like, hey, Joe, we're not supposed to win games. Just drop back and chuck one up there and hope that they catch it. Because if you if you watch that play, he had a wide receiver in the flat yep. wide open. Yes, he, he just did. decided to chuck one up deep into double coverage. And honestly, I was rooting for the Jets in that game. My wife was in her work pick'em league, and she finished with 10 and the person in front of her had 11 going into that game. So I told her, hey, just switch to the Jets. Worst case scenario, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the other guys got the, the Patriots. So at worst, Jets lose, you were going to lose anyway. But if the Jets win, you got a chance of winning. So she did that. She was the only one who switched to the Jets. She had a point total of 42. The guy who had the Patriots that was ahead of her had a point total of 41. And at that point, the game was going over. As long as the Jets pull that out, she wins the week. And, of course, the Jets go and jet, and they went out and blew it in the end. Yes, they did. Uh, thinking about this, though, I, I still, the New England Patriots, I'm not going to say that they're fantasy irrelevant anymore, but in this game, I think they are. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to be uh, doing a little prove it this week. They're going to try to take advantage of a, a weaker-than-usual New, New England team. But I do like what I saw out of Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby Myers is a guy who you could stick with in a PPR format. Mm -hmm. He's shown the connection with Cam. He's shown to be the guy that he trusts that gets a bulk of the targets. And he looked good doing it. So I would stick with Jacoby Myers. He's a guy that I've started to like. Yeah, I just don't know if I like him in this Baltimore Ravens matchup that he has here. Just uh, this is, I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. It almost looks like a Stidham game to me instead of a Cam game by the third quarter. That's what I think. And I, for Baltimore, like you said, the, here here's what I see happening with New England this year. They've been the cream of the crop for so long, right? And we know, I know their their record does not show as how how bad of a team they really are. They're three and five, but it still looks like they're in contention to win a lot of these games. They're close to the end. I think a lot of teams are going to take this opportunity to take out a lot of aggression on the New England Patriots for the last ten years uh, or or twelve years of winning that they had. So I I could see the Baltimore Ravens. I don't want to say running up the score, but definitely not taking it easy on them and really taking the hammer to them. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good spot for Baltimore to reestablish themselves. Look, they're six and two, but their record. This is a team whose record is better than the way they've been playing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that they look more like a 500 team from what we've seen out on the field. And they've just happened to pull off some wins. They do need to get back on track. And this is a good game to do so. The new England defense isn't the same as it used to be. So I hope to see Lamar get on track with Andrews and with Hollywood Brown, who have really been disappointing this year. And I I think like, like you said, people like to be able to take advantage of a weaker new England team to make up for, you know, all the past. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if new England is in a somewhat tank mode, Right. So if you think about it, if they finish with a worse enough pick, look, they're not going to get the number one pick or whatever. But if they're in that, you know, eight, nine, ten range, they're a team that's going to trade up to one of those top spots to get the quarterback of their future. You know, I'd probably probably be more like a Justin Fields type because obviously we know who's going number one. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a somewhat tank mode. And I think this is going to be a good week for those three guys I mentioned in Baltimore. I agree, and uh, you got to always put them in redraft uh, leagues. You got to always play them. I'm not sure that we play anybody in the Baltimore backfield, and you definitely got to build a DraftKings lineup around Baltimore this week because the New England Patriot defense just isn't what it used to be. To think about this, they were they were about five minutes away last Monday night from losing to the Jets and being two and six. The yep. New England Patriots. That is crazy when you think about that. Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears, another couple of teams whose records do not indicate the quality of football that they're playing right now. The Minnesota Vikings are 3-5. and five. The Chicago Bears are 5-4. and four. Actually, Nick Foles has put up some pretty good fantasy numbers for the Bears, JB. He almost looks playable in this matchup as well because Chicago gets really pass-happy, especially if Montgomery's not back there for the Bears. Yeah, and Montgomery, we don't know if he's going to play yet. He's still trying to clear concussion protocol. If he doesn't play, you're looking at Jags like Ryan Nall in the backfield. So I I would definitely think that they would be pass heavy, especially against a Minnesota team who's gotten better, but is Mm -hmm. still very vulnerable in the secondary. So I would look to fire up Allen Robinson, even some Darnell Mooney. I I like Jimmy Graham as as a low-end, tight-end one. So... Obviously, Allen Robinson is the main play here, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad at you sprinkling in a little Darnell Mooney. Well, and I'm going to tell you this: Nall actually looked like he had a little fire in his step, man. It was it was very fast how Foles got the ball out and he caught that touchdown pass there in the, it, close to the end zone. He, he threw it to him really fast. Nall took it and ran. He didn't dance around. He didn't think twice about it. He just ran right for the end zone and got in very easily. I look look look. I'm just telling you, I think he's going to get a little bit more run because he is not Tariq Cohen. He was not David Montgomery. And I think Nall is going to get a little bit of run in Chicago because he didn't think twice about what he had to do. He just went out and did it. And it seemed like Cohen dances around back there. Montgomery catches the pass and then takes a little stutter step before he runs. Nall just went ahead and went. And I'm excited to see possibly Cordell Patterson line up in the backfield. I know that sounds crazy, but I want to see him in an untrick mode. Okay, because Cordell Patterson does take that ball and just run straight ahead. And I think the Minnesota Vikings are a little bit vulnerable in that running game. And I I, honestly, I think Cordell Patterson could do really well back there at running back for the Bears this week. Yeah, he certainly could. And we probably will see a decent amount of that if Montgomery doesn't go, because I don't think they want to put the full workload on Ryan now. So we probably will see that. And it could be a nice little sneaky play. It really could be. And the Minnesota Vikings, do we got to slow down on Dalvin Cook at all? Or is he just going to be another chef in the kitchen again this week? 
I, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the chef this week again. It's gonna be another solid week. I think he he's still. I'd probably rank him one or two this week for sure, especially against Chicago, who has a pretty good cornerback tandem. So you know, as much as we like Thielen and we like Jefferson, they're gonna have tougher matchups this week. I think I prefer Jefferson of the two this week because I, I I think that Thielen has the tougher matchup against Kyle Fuller. Um, but they do. I don't know. They do use Herb Smith to run routes, but they don't pass the ball a lot in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They're trying to not pass a lot. Kirk Cousins' attempts are way down, and, and I think they're going to try to continue to do that as long as Dalvin's cooking. Yeah, and they don't want to get into a shootout is what it is because they don't that, that just allows more teams to throw against their defensive backs, and I think that's why they're always trying to ground and pound right there. And I think Irv Smith was a mirage last week, his two touchdown catches. Don't don't buy into that Irv Smith thing. Here's what i got to worry about with my Bears, JB, and it's something that everybody needs to think about, I think, a little bit. Uh, they're going to quit. I, th- I think that's the only way that they end up getting Nagy fired, and I can see that team, those players, rebelling a little bit, kind of how Atlanta looked. So uh, to me, the Chicago Bears are, are right on the brink of that. If that doesn't happen this one of these weeks, that's going to happen. And whenever that happens, you can just fire up all the Minnesota Vikings or whatever that is. I don't know when that's going to be, but but it's going to be a, a fantasy nightmare for the Chicago Bears pretty soon. But it'll be rewarding for whatever team they're going up against. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Nagy needs to go, and I don't know that he has command of that locker room, especially with them kind of taking a big slide down from the nice start that they had, the surprising start they had. I mean, you look at the Bears as a 5-4 and four team playing against a 3-5 and five Vikings team. Bears are at home. Vikings are favored. You know, yeah. so it, it just goes to tell you that, you know, Chicago is not a good team, not a well-coached team. So I think that yeah, they have some fantasy relevance in, in some of the players from our perspective, but as a football team, they're not a good team, and I could certainly see your narrative playing out. Yeah, at some point it will, I believe, this year, because uh, Pagano is there, which makes it a very unique coaching situation because he is loved in that locker room. JB, tell everybody about your Twitter handle and about that pin tweet one more time for us. Yeah, you can find me at Fantasy Coach JB on the Twitter machine. I do have the pin tweet up for our gear with our partnership with Viridian Global. So you can buy yourself a Fantasy Magnets podcast t-shirt. They make really good gear. Their, their t-shirts are super comfortable, fit true to size. Super excited to have this partnership with Viridian. Got to thank the guys over there for getting us into the football yeah. collective. There's some really cool, I mean, the Undroppables, Dynasty Happy Hour, Dynasty Warzone, Fantasy Football Astronauts, Goat District, True North. I mean, there's a lot of good good groups of people in this football collective. So happy to be a part of that with the Viridian team. So you can find that in my pinned tweet if you want to get yourself a Fantasy Magnus podcast t-shirt and rock it along with us. Hey, you, so you're gonna make everybody on the on your new podcast uh, that you're gonna be appearing on? Are you gonna make them all wear a fancy magnet shirt? I should, right? <laughs> I should. That should be our dress code. <laughs> Tell us about that again. One more time on Monday night. Yeah, Monday nights we're gonna be starting up a live pod. It's called the Fantasy Besties Live Pod. It's gonna be me, Kevin Tompkins, Lindellians, Andrew Cooper, Jordan Loop. Every Monday at about seven fifteen, we're gonna go for about an hour, taking you into the Monday night football game. Do a little recap of the day before and a little look forward to the week ahead. Some things we saw, some interesting stuff, and just a lot of really good fantasy minds just shooting the breeze and having a good conversation on there for you. So really excited to put that one out for you guys. 
Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. We've had those guys here on the Fantasy Magnet podcast, all except Jordan Loop. We haven't had Loop on here yet. Uh, maybe we will have him on before the end of this season. Thank I, you so much. Okay. I actually said that when we were in our, we had a little meeting on on a, a whatever call last week. And I said, wow, this is pretty cool. It's all the people that we had on the Fantasy Magnets pod and the guy who, who designed our logo. <laughs> that, that's, that's the Fantasy Besties. Well, and that's that's the fantasy community that we're in right now, and uh, you know that that's the that's the tier. And what's really cool about that fantasy community is all the support that we get from one another. And I know whenever Linda was on the show and she talked about, I think I think I asked her the question about how do the females interact, and do you guys have your own little chat room and everything like that? And she said they did. And if anybody attacks any of those guys, all of them kind of just you know all the females just wow from the fantasy community go and attack back, you know, kind of a thing, which would be really scary, by the way, after getting to know some of these ladies in the fantasy community right uh, yep. uh but and there's yeah. a lot of good ones man there's a, yes. there's a lot of them Definitely. out there they Definitely. know their stuff but you know we all kind of are like that a little bit too uh we we we, we understand we understand that here as analysts, none of us are going to be perfect, right? And so we we have each other's back. We try to support one another. We t- we applaud whenever we have great ideas, and we support one another whenever we kind of don't have uh you know the 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 perfect take going into the week, and we're able to brush it off and laugh about it with other people. But when somebody attacks us for one of those things, everybody has their back. Just a great fantasy community that yep. we're involved in, JB. That's awesome. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. Hey, don't head over to JB's uh, Twitter handle at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well at Loafinet on Twitter. And I said Twitter ten times already. Twitter, JB, Twitter, but- Twitter, 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 <laughs> rocking everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta listen to this song. Uh, uh, but you can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore and head over to Anchor FM. You can find the show there, Fantasy Impact Today, and subscribe to the show on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Make sure you slap them stars around, leave a review, subscribe to the show, tell your friends about it. But more importantly than all those actions, Fit Family, go out there and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 